0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to everyone listening today to our podcast on Mood Connect, Mood Connect podcast. And my name is Amy Uzunian and I am your host. And today we have a very special guest. Uh, She is an NGO with the UN and she also is the head of the head. Uh, uh, individual at the Creators 2030. She is the co-founder of the Creators 2030 and uh, and an international and intergenerational uh, which is an international and intergenerational platform that connects youth, citizens of all ages, creative, private sector actors and NGOs and governments to collaborate to create solutions to global issues for people and the planet. Uh, And I'm so grateful to have her here with us. Please help me to welcome Gail Davis. Uh, um, She is just an amazing human being and and someone who is really bringing uh, health and wellness and mental health to our world and into workspaces. Um, which is a big reason why I am very excited to have her here joining me today. Um, Welcome, Gail. How are you feeling?
1: You know, I'm doing really, really well, and thank you for having me on. It is an absolute pleasure to be with you, Um, watching you also in Twitter spaces and other places of the kind of work you do and um, your kindness and how you do it.
0: Thank you, yeah. well, you know, your kindness is a reflection of of uh, of, of what I put out into the world, you know, and so um, so the feeling is mutual really, truly. Um, you know, I, I, I really wanted to learn more about, your organization, the creators 2030, uh, you know, because I, I read a little bit about it and the work that you and your organization are doing. Um, and I wanted to hear a little bit more about, you know, uh, were you, uh, did you start the organization or did you join it? Um, you know, uh, recently, um, please tell me a little bit more about that wonderful organization and the work you're doing.
1: So, um, back in 1998, um, well, let, let me start here. I'll, 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 bring it up a little, make it very simple. Um, when I was a kid, I loved music. Okay. Mm-hmm. And my mother brought me up on Frank Sinatra, you know, Sammy Davis, Jr. These are people well older than me and probably several generations ahead. And I was listening to that all the way up to the newest music that I would listen to. And so I had this eclectic view of music and how music could change the world. And then I said, my mother worked in a law firm. And so she was a paralegal. And so I started noticing that I could talk to anyone from any industry, even as a child. And I said, what if we could bring, I used to dream that we could bring governments and citizens and people together. I used to be a people watcher, but the arts I knew could transcend anything. And even mental health, emotions, music could bring people together in countries that would even war because they could listen to the music, they could dance to it, um, film. They could, you can tell someone's story often in a way that maybe they were not allowed to tell it or could tell it themselves on the screen. Um, sculpture, painting, I loved anything that had to do with art. And so, skip to 1998, I met Quincy Jones, um, volunteered with him when he did the first live stream for the United Nations uh, Development Program, which is known as UNDP, and a group called NetAid, which I don't think is any longer involved with NGOs and music. So, he brought music, that, and that, that was my dream. So here it was. I'm volunteering for a part of this, and I said, "Okay, not only am I volunteering, but what I want to happen is manifesting within itself." And I was lucky—the with kind of family that I came, yeah. So I was lucky—the kind of family I came, you know, I came from, always telling us we could do whatever we wanted. And so with that, and also my own travel, personal travels around the world, um, I said, "Okay, now the creator's 2030 is born." We will bring all people, all ideologies, all everything together in a way intergeneration, intergenerationally that they can work together and solve global issues, also using the arts to do so, all forms of arts, whether you 're a photographer, a painter, producer, music artist, anything you would come together and solve the global issues that are going on today. Um, there are people who are doing similar things you know in this space. Um, my intention is to become, for the United States, to become the first arts emissary at the UN. That is my intention. And um, it takes a lot for me to say that, not out of confidence, but there's a lot of people vying for the same thing. I think the difference for me and our group is that we work with all ages, and this platform has served as an opportunity for people to bring their solutions to it and work with these solutions with everyone involved, whether you're private sector, whether you're an artist, whether you're a youth, whether you are an NGO, whether you are a government agency or an ambassador or whatever, it's like looking at the issue and then looking at what works in your community and seeing how it can be retrofitted for another community. And one of the areas that we were looking at, especially, is I believe that if you don't have your mental health, if you don't have a job that you can afford to pay for your mental health, uh, which doesn't just come from a job. But just your your lifestyle, or if you don't ha- if you're not eating the right foods, which also affects your mental health, and your well being is not taken care of. Not just the mental health, but the physical health that will also affect your emotional and mental health as well. So I also feel that climate plays a part of that, how the nature in which you are in, and also um, your oceans. All of those those five things for me are exceptionally important. And also for women especially, it's important of women are emotional creatures and men are too, but in different ways. So it's important to me that from that standpoint, also that we are, you know, we're nurturers, but that we're also nurtured ourselves. There's a lot of self help out there and all of that. But the truth is we all need each other to connect with one another. You can be all the self care you want, but if you're alone all the time, it's not going to matter. And I think that's where music and things like that really do help. So I, I don't know if that explained everything. Yeah. But that's oh, part yeah. Of
0: what, 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 so. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, uh, so, so what I gather from what you're saying is that, uh, that the foundation of the organization was founded in an uh, in appreciation for music and the arts and trying to bring all of those creators together uh across all different um you know uh uh cultures and generations bringing uh all those creators together to uh to be more un- unified and share uh their their creations with each other and um and and to uh, 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 encourage more people to pursue their creativity. Um uh, yes,
1: it, it, it is that way. It goes a little further though because it's not just about, you know, anyone can get a bunch of artists together and say, let's do this. You know, there's some people out there bringing artists into the UN and saying, you should be paid. That is one of the things we do. We actually provide yeah. uh, food uh, to artists once a month, uh, organic fruits and vegetables and products. We also provide oh, them with... Um, um, Help with um, sustaining an income for a full time basis. And we also um, help them with holistic health. Now, with COVID, of course, at the time, we couldn't do it on a monthly basis, although we did drop it off to their homes or something like that. But what we do is it's not just that, it is a model to bring all areas together to see how they can solve the global issues within their community, their country, or globally in general. And that's a big—it's a big situation because often each one of these areas, technology speaks a different language. Um, Also, the arts speak a different language. A UN agency speaks a different language. A a government speaks a different language. Young people speak a different language. Each generation speaks a different language. And I was lucky that coming up, I worked in all of these sectors. Okay, I worked in tech. I worked uh, in television. I worked in media. I worked in all these areas. I often ask, I'm a believer, I believe in God. I also subscribe to some uh, Buddhist and Hindi beliefs, but my base is I believe in God. And I believe that the universe doesn't, some people say that, oh, you know, I was placed there or whatever. No, you're not placed. What you want is what you attract. That's, that's what I believe. And so I always believe, why am I in all these places and spaces? I can speak the language of a technologist or, you know, who someone is in technology, I'm in technology myself, someone who's an innovator, someone who is an artist, someone who's in the U.N. agencies. I can speak all of those different languages and bring them together. Most often, people cannot speak each each other's language of their industry. And so I've been blessed and able to do that. Um, And as the gap grows wider, as we keep telling the youth they're the future, they are not the future. We are all the future together, and that's what we believe. We believe that yeah. you should have their, own, you know, they should have their own path. So when it comes to mental health, if you don't have your mental health, and you don't have food, and you don't have these basic things, you can't solve anything. Right, right. And we often do that.
0: Yeah. So, um, so one thing I wanted to ask, um, I, I uh, so, so one thing I want to ask you though, um, uh, is. In, in as far as what you've seen, because I, I I remember you were saying that you're you've been involved with the UN um, for quite some time now. Uh, um, have you seen any kind of uh, special attention or programs that um, have been offered for any any of the participants in the UN or um, or uh, you know? Any of the people who are, are being represented or representing uh, various countries in in, in this organization, um, you know that that, yeah. that, that yeah. you'd yeah. like yeah. to share. Yes,
1: yeah, so um, I am with a, a UN Ecosoc uh, NGO, okay, mm-hmm. and they fo- they focus on gender equality. Okay, so I okay. have I have, a, I have a I have an NGO that's both a UN partner with the UN and then I am a UN ECOSOC NGO representative that focuses on gender equality, gender equity and anything associated with that, okay? Okay, wonderful. um, And so one of the things you look at in terms of mental health is the UN is really focused on uh, making sure and, and, and empowering women, especially from the mental health perspective, um, and they do it, in, and, and the NGOs accredited with the UN do that a lot, okay? There's a lot of NGOs that just focus on the mental health of the people they serve in their communities and, and in the workplace. And it's funny that you would uh, ask about this because um, one of the things we did is we saw that a lot of the people at the UN staff level were always giving, 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 but they weren't focusing on their own mental health.
0: Yes, yes. That's specifically why I was asking, because I'm sure that particularly specifically in the past two years uh, with the pandemic and then, you know, and also um, uh, many of the things that have happened in the U.S. to, uh, uh, you know, to black, indigenous and people of color in the U.S., um, you know, even before the pandemic had started. And then, you know, and then now with, you know, with some of the war, with, with the war that's happening in the Ukraine, you know, I'm sure that it has been incredibly uh, uh, difficult for the people, you know, who are participating in some of these conversations in the UN who are offering support to uh to members of, of various countries. And so that's why I'd asked, you know, is there has there been any kind of extra effort and support that's been offered oh, for of course, the members?
1: Of course there is support and there will always be support. Um we we did it because we felt that it was something that we wanted to address even more since we were there every day for meetings and understood what goes on within the meetings within each person. Okay. Mm -hmm. um i think it's it's important to look at any um environment that has a lot of people that are servicing anything whether you're servicing you know um you know you could be at&t and you're servicing people with um you're servicing the 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 public i think anytime you service the public you need to also maintain and take care of yourself recharge yourself and often all of us as human beings, we're workaholics. You know, it, society is set up to be more productive, more productive, more productive, right? And um, I remember Oprah and also, um, Oprah and one of the, the shows now, I don't know if it was Kelly Clarkson or one of those shows uh, that's on now, uh, shows where there was a woman who was always on a go, on a go, on a go, on a go, right? And her mental health was just, she was burning the candle at both ends. And as a result of burning a candle at both ends, um, she almost collapsed. And, you know, we've heard of Ariana Huffington. We've heard of Beyonce talking about it. We've heard of so many people of different ages and ethnicities. I, I don't like to often get into the ethnicity because I think we're, at the end of the day, we're all human beings. And if you pinch us, we all bleed red. So my attitude is that we have to look at the mental health. Yes. The black and brown community does go through a lot, okay? But I think nowadays, because of the you know, of social media and so forth, we need to uplift one another. And how you uplift one another is different culturally, intraculturally, and also within one's home environment and how they've grown up. Okay. Yeah. And often we we often think what's outside of us is what's going to give us mentally and emotionally. And we look at that even at work. Work is going to do that for us. So when we bring ourselves into work and then something doesn't go well at work, okay, then we don't feel right because we've attached our mental and emotional health to what we achieve rather than to learning who we are and how we function as a human being.
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, you bring up something very interesting about, you know, how we think that the things that are going on uh, outside of us are going to, uh, bring peace and solace to us. And that, that we think that a lot of what is creating that kind of disturbance or that urgency is coming from outside of us. But, uh, you know, I've found that, uh, that if I, take the kind of preemptive, uh, caution, uh, for myself to have a schedule of, you know, of, of, um, of having, of, of allowing myself time to, uh, have meditation and, you know, and, and even if I'm feeling good to make regular appointments with my therapist, you know, weekly appointments with my therapist, even if if I'm, if I'm going through a particularly good spell, you know, in time, time, of my life that, that it, that, that then I, I'm more easily able to, uh, make the choice to step away from something that is, is causing me frustration or anxiety. And, 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 and it's easier for me to then, uh, uh, you know, c- get that peace and that calm from within. Um, do you think that that's something that, that you've experienced as well? or
1: I don't like to focus on you and I like to focus on people. Right. And I think, the, I think that, um, I think what you said is on point, very much on point. I think also too, that we need to learn to recharge period. I think that's yeah. something that we, you know, take ourselves the way, I mean, I know for two weeks straight, I was on my phone every night, okay? And you don't know how it affects you until you remove the phone from your space. Because generally, I take myself off of technology for a good amount of time each day, okay? But in that day, I had, I had uh, some serious deadlines. My thing about mental health, and I'm going to go to a few places and spaces here when we talk about yeah, organizational health. Yeah, please do. I am I'm by no means a psychologist, but I think I've been around long enough to share the what I see, okay, and mm-hmm. what I've experienced, and what many other people talk about they experience. You know, since I deal in gender uh, equality and gender equity, and have gone through myself being in a relationship early on in my younger years that didn't support me and didn't serve me, because when you're a woman, you think that you're supposed, you know, I think it doesn't matter what community or what the ethnicity you are. You grow up from the old school of parents. I was lucky with the parents that I grew up with. My parents empowered that it doesn't matter what age you are, what time of the century we're in. You, I had my own right to my own thoughts, but the rest of society around me was, you know, women take the, you know, we have to be strong. You know, if you have the child, the husband, whatever, you suppose, you know, we went through from being the stay-at-home, like probably the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, to in the 80s, 90s, up until now, of being, oh, you you know, you can take care of the home, you can take care of the, the, the um, marriage, you can take care of the job and be the super VP, and then you can go home and take care of the children and all of this. And, you know, and then we get to the point where we were sharing responsibilities with our significant other or having a relationship that way. But when we look at what's happening right now, we're finding that the caregivers, which are the women, because we are the nurturers, and we nurture differently than men, we have to take off and we have to take care of the children. And it's, it's really difficult when you have to do that. And so, you know, some of the things that I see in organizations that don't help that, um, some of those things are, when you have people who head an organization that allow things to happen because maybe they're intimidated by women or they're intimidated by something and they allow the other people who work with you to gaslight you on a team because there's an insecurity there okay those are some mental health issues or you know someone comes in they're primed for the position, they're doing very well and they don't know how to handle team dynamics okay so you have to know who you are in relation to your own mental health, what triggers you, what affects you, so that whether you're in a team dynamic or you're in a situation that you may come up against that might challenge you. And I think every challenge offers us an opportunity to grow. But some challenges that we face are not of our own doing or something that we created. Sometimes it's someone who is in, um, has their own mental health issues. And is very insecure about who you are or who a a group of people are in a division or on a team or whatever. And and you now have to deal with the brunt of someone else's insecurities, because we all have insecurities. I don't care who you are, but you have to deal with the brunt of the insecurity of the situation of people that you're engaging with. And how does this play into the creatives 2030? It plays into the creatives twenty thirty in a big way. A lot of young people are very concerned, a lot of People, I would say, up until the ages of 35, that we engage with, from 16 to 35, are concerned about their mental health. They're concerned about what will their future be. So, you know, I say to a lot of people, because I'm a coach as well, I say, be in the now. Like, look at your future as though you're creating your future in the present. What do I mean by that? Look at your end game. Now, people say when I look at their end game, oh, then we just have to know what we're going to do from. That and count it backwards. No, there's distinctions. And you just can't just go and look at the future and count it back into your present. You will get confronted about that. Most people cannot sit down and do their own full plan in that way. So you need to be first present to yourself and what you're dealing with and how you look at how you go about approaching something, okay? How you how you move in spaces and places. So I don't know if that answers your question and also recharges yourself,
0: oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, I wanted to go back to what you were saying uh, about um, you know, dealing with these simple little conflicts that can come up uh, in workspaces, that um, you know, like what you're talking about, the microaggressions uh, that that I think we see more and more of uh in 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 workspaces in the corporate world that perhaps um you know aren't don't like aren't as seen um as much uh you know when people are working remotely but now that people are coming back into the workspace they're maybe having to deal with more of those microaggressions that they experience you know with their colleagues um and, uh, and I like what you said, uh, that, you know, it's very true that, uh, that, that many times those people who are the perpetrators of those microaggressions are, uh, just very insecure about themselves. And I've always kind of felt that, uh, you know, that sexism, racism, all of these, you know, uh, you know, all, all of these very important issues that people deal with every day. They are very much distractions for, uh, for, for, for individuals who face these kinds of microaggressions, um, to prevent them from achieving at their most optimal level. Um, and, and that these kinds of things, they wouldn't, they wouldn't exist if people didn't feel the need to compete with each other. If they felt that it was that, that it yeah. was safe and that made sense to collaborate which is, I think, what you're seeking towards achieving in in Creator 2030, uh, you know, is for people to collaborate rather than feel the need to compete.
1: Yes, and this is, oh my God, I really love that you brought this up, um, Amy. This is a really powerful place. And sometimes it's hard for me because, you know, I like to stay in the background. I'm a background girl. I'm not a, I don't need to be in the, uh in the foreground, but now, you know, I'm being pushed to be in the foreground. As I told you, this is big for me too. Usually three quarters of what everyone else is saying is something I've been saying for years. Yeah. And when you talk about it, you know when you talked about collaboration so versus um the other side of it, um competition, competition yeah. I've been talking about this for a while because you know, when so if I talk about this then You're going to have three types of people one who wants to listen in and learn my experience is not going to be someone else's experience because it's unique to me but one can learn another person may be learning from listening from oh she's just bitter or he's just bitter because this has happened to them a third person who i may know who has actually maybe i've engaged this with and they're listening to me talk about it may say oh She's just she's just uh mad because I went ahead and I did this and I can do it better. No, let me I'm i I'm a really I'm a straightforward person and this really the reason why I also agreed to do this, this with you because first of all, I love who you are as a person from day one when I met you. And then Thank the second you. part of it is oh, no I problem.
0: felt you a, really? I felt a really deep connection with you as well, Gail, when we first met on Twitter Spaces. And I felt like wow, you know, this is someone who truly uh, is trying to, is, is really striving to make an impact in the world of wellness and mental health and making a real change in this world. And I also connected on the level of being somebody who does, who's done things traditionally in the background and is now stepping into, uh, the foreground, you know, of being the change maker. And so that's why I really wanted to, uh, you know, have you as a guest.
1: No, thank you. And, and it's funny, I, I call it global shift maker. Yeah, um, and, I or love change, that. Or, or, change, or global change maker, either one. Um, because here's the thing, I've kept quiet. And sometimes I talk to the people I know one on one. And sometimes that doesn't help. And this is something I've been wanting to say about competition versus collaboration. I've worked with people in large corporations that saw what we did. And rather than support and work together, because they had a little bit of something similar on the side, outside of the big corporation, where they're like the head of division. They would like stymie us for what we're doing. I'm like, okay, so we must be doing something right. There was another person that had something very similar to what we're doing. And we both had been doing it for a while, but they didn't realize that we'd been doing it for a while and thought, you know, oh, we're out to steal something from them. When in actuality, they were trying to shut us down. Mm-hmm. and so look, I'm going to be real open here. We were, I was bad at the UN. I had people wandering around saying, well, she just got here. How is she in that space or this place? I'm, no big, I'm not a big wig at the UN. That's not who I am. I work hard like everyone else that works hard, whether they're an NGO, whether they're an ambassador, whether they're a staff member, everybody works hard. The problem is when people hear United Nations, they want to be a part of it, okay? And sometimes they do their work just to get in or just to know this person or know that person. Um, I've watched people compete to be there. I've watched people compete to be in a corporation they worked in. What I would always, what for me drives competitiveness rather than collaboration, and here's the thing, from a mental health perspective, you can drive, collab. you can drive competition or even triggers. Everybody has a trigger. And everybody has a type of trigger that will affect them and how they engage and their effectiveness within that position or as a human being or that in that engagement. Um, I've, you know, When you are working with someone else as the co-creator of anything, I've been put on a spot where I don't just represent myself. I represent all the group of the people in my group that I work with. So when I step to talk with you or talk to anyone, it's not just my own thoughts. I, I, there's a lot I could say. And I'm not being careful with what I say because at this stage of my life, I really don't give a damn what people think. But I have to be aware and respectful that I am also an educator and that I teach students and I want the students that I teach to be, I don't tell them what to think. I want them to be fully immersed in the self-expression of who they are. Okay?
0: Um, yes. definitely. A lot
1: of, yes, And I have a lot of relationships. And so sometimes people have just come to myself and some of the partners that I work with and they just want the relationships. And then we have some amazing people that we work with that you have to find your tribe and you have to find that tribe that will work with you. But what I really want to do and working with the, um, the NGO that I work with, as a gender and gender equity and gender equality, I women talk about we want to be represented with equity in the 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 you know the business world, the corporate world, NGO world. Great, start respecting each other across racism, across classism, across you know um, classism goes into the economics, it goes into how you view a person. It is through how you view another human being by how you engage with them. If I view Amy as a person who doesn't look like she has enough money, I may not deal with her, okay? I always often sit down and say that, can I sit down, this person's a billionaire and I'm the middle class girl, okay? Can we sit down and break bread and have coffee and just shoot? The conversation before we even get into business can we actually have a conversation with each other and have fun and because you have more money you you have more you might have more indulgences more indulgences okay you might have more now a secure person especially a woman women usually act this is again folks this is my thought process from a mental health perspective as i said It is from experience, just the experience of being a woman, being a human being, being in the work area. Women usually operate in one of three or four areas, okay? And that is, we usually operate in, well, I'm a mentor to this girl or this woman. So I will work with her and she's doing great. But the moment I see that she's going where I am or further, then I'll try to stop it and cap it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen
0: that so many times.
1: And yeah, exactly. And the second way we work with from woman to woman is we watch what that woman is doing. And if she has less than we do, we'll watch and get and connect with her to see who she knows and see what we can get from them or just the information from them. Okay. The third way that we, I, I just want to say these other two, the third way that we engage with women is I don't really like her, or she's this, or she's that. And I'll deal with her from a distance, and I'll smile in her face, but I'm really not supportive of her. And the last way is when you are secure within yourself, and you are secure with the work that you do. If Amy is a billionaire, and I could still be just, you know, the small business, if I'm touting how great Amy is, That doesn't take away from me as my work because I'm not touting Amy because she's going to give me money. I'm touting Amy because she does good work and I really respect the work that she does. That doesn't take away from myself. And that's one of the reasons I'm coming to the foreground because yes, I have gone through a lot of challenges as a business and what I've learned, I feel that I can help people in what not to do, how to engage with people On a high level, I've worked with everyone from former President Clinton to NBC, ABC, Warner Brothers, you name it. I've had a varied background, Um, Goldman Sachs, doing the work that I do as an NGO representative at the UN, traveling all over the world. I have an amazing background, amazing relationships, and sometimes people like me or they don't, or it's in between, but that's anyone. And so the thing I say is that we're going to collaborate instead of compete. Ask yourself why you need to compete. Why are you upset because that person is doing well in that area or they have something that you don't? There are two other major groups that are doing something very similar to us. And I spoke with one of them early this week and I said to her, I want to make an announcement. And she's like, but you do similar work. I said, that's okay. I want to make the announcement over where you are, not because I want extra people. There's enough for everybody but because I feel that what we're doing will bring everyone together because that's, that has always been my goal to bring everyone together. But I think what we forget to do is really say what we want. We hide what we want and that's where the mental health issues come in. That's where the competitiveness comes in. If you are an NGO, tell them I want your money. Tell them that I need your money to, to make a difference in this community. And this is exactly what I'm doing. And this is where your money's going to go. This way, you're not begging for the money.
0: Yeah. You're asking yes.
1: for the money and you're stating, this is what I want. If you're a business and you're getting a client, this is what we offer. This is how much it's going to cost you. And let's see how we can activate or scale, make scalable what you're doing so that it goes out into the marketplace or goes out into the country or goes out into the place you want. When we start getting straight about what we want, even if you're fearful, practice on people. If you're in a, a, a team situation and you're being cut off and you feel your mental health when you go home, you're miserable. You go in, you talk to the boss, you talk to the person you're with. And if you continue to stay in that situation, the person is telling you who they are by not what they say, but what, by what their action is. I have worked with people where, you know, you're telling me one thing, but I'm still chasing you to to reach you. Yes. Okay. What What are you afraid of about me or anyone else that you say you want to do that, but you're not, what are you afraid of? What is the problem? What do you feel that you cannot achieve? Why, what is the problem that we can, there's no one on this planet that can't work together. There's no one. You may not like the way that person does something, but it's not usually the person. It's the habit that the person has that you don't like. You have to definitively disconnect from the person and the action and the person and um, who they are. What they do is not who they are intrinsically. And when we understand that, that's when the mental issues can go out. That's when the, the competitiveness becomes collaboration because now you're saying, I want this or that. Well, maybe someone is like, well, Gail, I'm not about people. I just want to make the money. Okay, well, we want to make money, but my value first is people. Second is the money. Oh, my value first is money, and then the second one is people. Now, we can work together understanding where that money situation comes together. But if we work together and you have a hidden motive, then we're going to constantly keep reevaluating the values that we have as an organization, as a company, or as two people working together. And that's where the mental health issues come in. That's where you're going home to your spouse or going home to your boyfriend, your girlfriend, or girlfriend to girlfriend. You're like, oh, I'm miserable. I own this business. I'm trying to work with this one. Or I'm at work and I'm trying to work with this one. Because someone is not telling the truth of what they want. Because they're afraid that they tell you what they want. You're not going to give it to them because they're being upfront about it. I would rather work with someone that, to be, excuse my expression, to be the most racist person in the world, I have worked with racist people and we're clear, you can give me this, I can give you this, and it will make a difference for the both parties, that, you know, the people that we're representing. But I may not, like. somebody might say, I don't like their color. That's not my problem if you don't like my color. that's your business. Or because I've, I have people from all over the world in my family, so therefore it's, you know, I just look at people as human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that's a really interesting, example I use with the second example is I've worked with people who just they don't like the other person they work with but they find a commonality to get it done but when you know but so now I'm at a stage in my life that I feel I can work with people I like and then maybe but there's often there's always going to be someone who wants to be competitive anytime you need to be competitive to outdo someone else there's an insecurity you've got to look and see deep down what makes you need to be competitive? Now, there's also some competitiveness that is actually healthy for you, okay? Um, and I think the last thing I'll say, I mean, I know I said a lot, but I think the last thing I'm gonna say on that is that we, we used to teach our kids that if you, we teach our kids who lose versus the ones who win that, oh, you are, um, you know, we give them the same thing as the winner. They don't learn that way. But that, but telling someone who loses, they're not a loser because they went for it. What can you learn now, sweetheart, that will allow you to fulfill the next time? Yeah. You know, it's incremental. You know, it's incrementally. My, uh, someone I know in my family plays the game of pool and the game of chess very well. Okay. Now I'm a good chess player from a business strategy point of view, but from playing chess, oh my God, Amy, you'd probably go around me in 10 different ways.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think that uh you know, uh, yeah, how 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 we learn strategy and uh correcting uh mistakes and all of that kind of stuff is is really it's 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 in uh re- it, it it's it's in repairing after an error has been made. If you were raised as being the kind of person who, you know, someone would yell at you and, you know, curse you out when you make a mistake, then that could stay, you know, with you. And you might even be the kind of person who would do that to other people, you know, and speak that way to other people when they make a mistake. But I believe that that probably the most successful people in the world, they are able to recover very quickly from mistakes that they make from uh, errors that happen and they, they learn, they correct and move forward. And I think that it's almost, it's probably even a systemic kind of issue for people who have not been empowered their entire lives. I mean, you know, so, so like I, I, I've actually have said to, um, to people, uh, you know, um um at various times that there there's almost there's, there's like a birthright that is given to certain individuals in this world um to be empowered to say you know like oh you know it's okay that you made this mistake all right you know let's learn from it and look at it logically and keep moving on but that kind of opportunity isn't Isn't granted to everyone in this world, you know, and so lack of self-esteem, mental health issues, all of that kind of stuff, can get can can pile on, you know. Um, But I see that we are all coming together now and correcting this kind of, uh, you know, the 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 the, this kind of uh, action that's taken you know, from very young ages. And we are we're observing that it is a problem in this world to be indirect, to uh, come down on ourselves, to, you know, allow ourselves to be burned out. Um, we're seeing more and more through all the challenges that we've faced over the past two years. I think that people are coming to a place where They are, they're very interested in being healthy. They're very interested in self-care and in offering that kind of self, that, that kind of ability to care for ourselves and each other, um, you know, so much more. And on top of that, uh, you know, people are coming closer and closer to the reality that, uh, that, that to be human is, you know, we all deal with our, with mental health issues. And it's not just some kind of buzzword. It's part of being human, you know, like, like a a person, it's, it's perfectly fine to talk about how you're, you know, paying attention to your diet and exercising, but to say, uh, you know, I'm also going and seeing a therapist once a week. It's like, oh my God, why are you talking about that? That's so taboo. I mean, our world is becoming less and less in that kind of nature. And I think it's a really great thing, you know? Um, I do
1: too, too. but I think that we have to be, so some things can become trendy, okay? Mm, And I think mental health, it's important that we don't look at mental health as something that's trendy. We look at mental health, I mean, our mental and emotional health is like extremely important, Um, you know, and I think that people need to take that seriously. People look at self-care as, you know, the thing that is your emotional and mental health. Um, You know, your emotional health, your mental health is the most important thing that you need. It is the most important thing that one wakes up to, and 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 we also say this too. You got to look at what you eat, because emotional eating, you know, can you know, like if you're eating sweets all the time and junk all the time, you know, you have McDonald's in your system all the time. And no, not no offense to McDonald's, but if you're eating that kind of crap every day, your brain is not going to. It's not going to function the way that you want to. I'm not
0: saying you have to be,
1: you know, this this perfect person who eats all the time, but I'm saying that that really will play a part. You are what you eat. There's a difference between someone who goes to lunch, and they go and they eat, um, let's say, McDonald's uh, Happy Meal every day for, let's say, one week, and then Amy goes, and she or I go, and we're eating, like, fresh salmon. And you know um, maybe um, what do you call those um, snap teas? and maybe I'm, I happen to like Japanese food so there's a place in my neighborhood that sells fresh salmon and um, you know snap peas and miso soup and things like that for very cheap. Now what you and I may call cheap and this this is really this deals with a lot because I hear us say marginalized communities or urban communities there so let's look at I'll give you an idea. Arthur Avenue in the Bronx is very much an Italian community, an old Italian community, okay? And then we also have in, um, we also have a West Indian community, and then we have an Irish community all the way up in the Bronx. I'm using the Bronx for a reason. Uh, all the way up in the Bronx over on the, um, when you're going up Metro North on the e- east side of the Bronx. The west side of the Bronx, we have similar. I mean, you have all these communities, West Indian, African-American, you have African, you have um, Irish, you have Italian, you have Russian over in Coney Island and Ukrainian, mm-hmm. some of those areas. You have all these different types of communities. And every, if you ever talk to, so I'll give you an idea. If you talk to someone from Eastern Europe, they're a lot tougher in terms of their mental mentality, okay? They see things as just the way it is, okay? And they don't, they just see it as reality, okay? In the West over here, we might say, oh, you could do this or you could do that or whatever. No, they see it as it is. And I'm not saying every Eastern Euro- European country, but a lot of them. The Italians are like, oh, you know, I got this, I got that. You know, they're, they're a little more open and we can see it from here. They're like, live, you know, kind of like that. Have some vino, sit back, relax, you know? We, we have different communities who see things through a different lens. And that's whether it's in an Italian person who is in the States or sitting in Italy. It doesn't matter. The community and the culture is very similar out of which their parents, even if it's five generations ago, they will see things. And we have to respect that, understanding and take that into um, consideration because subconsciously they're looking out of that lens in which they grew up in, okay? So we put that to the side for a minute. So now you've got that as a person who's grown up that way or growing that way. And then you're now stepping into the workforce. You're stepping into the things that you want to do. Your mental health and emotional health, you have to address it, how you've grown up and how other people see things. You might be narcissistic. You might be uh, borderline personality disorder. You got to know the difference between those two and the difference between someone who might be prone to depression, okay? You, but we have those labels, we take away those labels. There are some things that people do go through for, chemically, okay? You can't just say to someone mentally, oh, go get yourself well, you know, just all you have to do is do this. No, people don't realize, and they've shown studies of this, what you eat and if you go through depression or whatever, which, where you might need more vitamin D or vitamin K or whatever the case is, can can really alternatively affect how you see things that's why i brought in the mcdonald's and the things like that because there are additives there are things that we eat in those foods preservatives that do affect how we feel about ourselves yeah and so how and so how we feel about ourselves and the the place the perspective that we look through is how we take that action so If I'm seeing Amy like, oh my God, yeah, she seems nice, but oh, maybe she's not really that. She's probably pretending. I'm seeing a lot of other people through that lens if I were to look at Amy that way. Um, And and I want to give a really good example. I was working with a group of people, and one of the people, I kept saying to them, You're allowing your staff to be this way with some of us, okay? And that person would keep justifying it and justifying it. And I said, You know, a lot of people thought I was stupid because I continued to work with that person, okay? No, I wasn't stupid. But you also got to be careful that how that person is being, or because they could be the smartest and the best person in the world. To the outside world, they're the most amazing person. But I kept working with that person because I respected the work they do and because I liked the work they do. But I also had to be careful of my own mental and emotional health. Of what they were allowing the rest of their staff to do with some of us, okay? Mm. So I had to make this in my mind, there's nothing I can do about their behavior. There's only something I can do about my behavior. Right. Now, I chose, I chose that, but I will say this. If you're in a toxic situation in your home or in your job environment, and you go to that every day, I don't care how strong you are, okay? You are putting yourself in the lion's way. You could be as strong as you want, but the environment over and over, because if you're dealing with a narcissistic person or a person who knows how to manipulate very well, you will be, you'll, you'll be encroached in that. You will get, you will become affected by that because you're human. And this person, a narcissist will never, you'll never win with them. You will Mm -hmm. always, because if they see you winning, they're going to do more towards you. And if you kiss their rear ends, excuse my expression, to get along with them, you yeah. are also going to find yourself going through it too.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's an it's it's not even something that I I I engage in if I can help it. You know, like uh, trying to to go through all that kind of uh the you know those those problems with with a, a person who just doesn't want to. Uh, work with you in a peaceful kind of way, you know, or in a collaborative kind of way. Um,
1: yes, yes, yeah. Amy, absolutely. I totally, um, you know, and so everyone was like, well, why are you working with this person? You see what they're doing? I said, because I can't do anything about that. But I was also aware that I knew that, you know, I had to be aware because I made the choice, Okay that doesn't mean I blame myself. It's just, I made the choice because the work that was being done at, you know, that was a couple of years ago. The work that was being done was very powerful. And when I needed to step, I did, you know, and they actually said goodbye to me and I didn't care, you know, um, you know, so I, I just wanted to say that I wanted to say something about mental versus emotional, you know, mental health is how well your mind processes and understands information and experiences. Okay. And in contrast, emotional health involves your ability to manage and express the emotions that are that arise from what you have learned and experienced.
0: Okay. And I wanted to just Yeah, I like that. I, say, I, I like that separation. And emotional health is not talked about at all. You know, no, people because, don't really- Exactly. Because yeah. that's,
1: exactly, that's the biggest problem. See, mental health is how we process it. And that's usually the intellect. Okay. But the feeling of it and what it does and the impact on your life has to do with your ability to manage those emotions that you're experiencing. Because most often, people, if you notice, and I'm sure, Amy, you know about this because of the work that you do, people can shut down when they deal with something that's too emotional for them to handle or bring the intellect in so that they don't have to deal with the all of it.
0: Right. Or okay. they can act really aggressively and, you know, and you and and very uh, uh, unexpectedly and you don't really know what um, what will, will happen, you know, when they get emotional. Yeah. yeah. And, and
1: it's important to take some time. You know, there's two, what, what I'd like to offer and something that I've learned over the years is that when you're working with people and if you see that you can't manage that situation at the time, go to the bathroom, take a step away recharge yourself and write down or have a notebook with you or in your phone whatever you want to do and remember what that was that triggered you because i can guarantee you what happened in that moment wasn't the trigger it had to do with something that happened in your past and now you have a trigger point okay you have a serious trigger point and because you have a serious trigger point right there you are you want to know what that is so Put it on the shelf for a minute, because if you're working from nine to five and you're doing some work, you got to deal with that person. Then go home and look at what's bothering you, because it may not be the person. It may just be something they did or said that triggered you, but it's something that's been ongoing. And if you keep running from company to company, job to job, and person to person, and you don't heal that, there's an old saying, and this is, see, I'm not a religious person. I just believe in God, and I love God, so I have no problem with that. Religion is when it's telling you how you need to be and what you need to do. No, I believe in God. And my personal relationship with God is my business. So I look at it this way. How you heal when you go home, you look at it and you say to myself, why why is that bothering me? Why was I reacting that way? What in the world was bothering me about what that person said? Because if there's no truth to it, why is it bothering me? And then you jump to another job. And then it happens again. And then you jump to another job and it happens again. I do what you call mirror work. I tell some of the people that I work with, go look in the mirror every morning and look in the mirror before you go to bed at night. Look yourself dead in the eyes the way someone else would engage with you and literally talk to yourself. It's a very powerful moment. It's not looking in and just saying, I accept myself. It's looking in it and speaking to myself, like, why would, you know, what's bothering me? What's going on here? There's a the spiritual yes. part. Do you meditate? Do you breathe? What are the things that you do? Meditation and breath work. That helps with the mental side. Breathing. Not just doing this mental mindfulness. I deal with the people from India and other places. What you're breathing. The way you breathe is the way that your mind works. Yes. Okay? That's, nothing deep. That's not deep. That's literally the way. If you're a person who's always hyper your breath is going to be hyper. Okay. If you're anxious anxious inside, but uh, Amy doesn't see it. I'm just really cool with Amy. And she thinks, Oh, you know, John Doe or Gail or whoever. Oh, she's so relaxed. But deep down, I'm nervous on the inside and I'm a worrier. Trust me, your breath has been going like that. And by the time you hit 50 or 60 years old, you will have worn yourself out from the inside out. And that's where I like to engage with people. I don't want to know who the hell you are on the outside. I don't want you to be yourself with me at all times, at work, after work, because if you're not yourself, I won't know who the hell you are. You're going to have a mental breakdown at some point, too, because you're trying to prove to everybody else.
0: Yeah. That's
1: I, I, have, I don't know if anything I said made any sense to anyone. I don't know.
0: You know what? You are a blessing, Gail. I mean it, you know. Uh I mean, all the work that you're doing right now and the work that you are uh that you're planning out to do uh in um in the creators twenty thirty and in the UN and in, in in all any of your own personal projects. Um I mean I really appreciate how genuine uh, and how authentic you are and that you encourage other people to be genuine and authentic in the work that they're doing. Um, because, you know, because it, it helps, uh, when people feel that they can be who they truly are, you know, with each other, um, and not be as censored, uh, you know, and, um, and, and anxious about, you know, uh, about, about working with various colleagues. so you know so, so that's very positive as well. And you know so many of the things that you touched upon and talked about today, you know were so important. and I think that people need to hear uh, you know, hear these kinds of messages. Um, and and particularly also about um, you know the, the the differences between mental health and emotional health. Uh, and, you know, and, and more about all of the work that you're, that you're planning to do and that you're doing currently in the 2030, uh, the, I'm sorry, the creators 2030, um, uh, are there any, any, uh, upcoming events or anything that you all are, are planning that we should know about?
1: You know, um, you know, we've been accused of not putting enough out on social media, you know, I I did some work with, uh, as a volunteer with some of the UN agencies on social media and the work that I do on social media, I can put someone out and have them all over the world in a matter of days. Okay. Our social media has been a lot to be desired. Okay.
0: It's hard to keep up with all of it because there's so much of it, you know, I mean, there's like, Every day there's a new thing happening as far as social media
1: is going on. I I do love new information. But when you asked about the new projects, we have some major things that we are doing. And it may seem like when we come out, others were already doing it. No, I'm going to just shoot straight here. There were projects that I mentioned to other people, and they ran with it themselves. You know, maybe they had more people involved because we're a small group. Um, maybe, you know, you as a person who owns a business and a nonprofit with it, um, I've learned some very, very, very valuable lessons to be very honest with you. Okay. And so one thing I've learned is I'm not going to talk. I'm going to let it show for itself. Okay. That's one. Number two, I will be putting out certain things because what we're doing is to support others. But I will say this. Many people worldwide will be shocked at something that we're about to share soon. They will Wonderful. be really shocked.
0: Ooh, I'm excited. I'm just a, I'm just Ooh, a, regular,
1: girl, um, a regular girl from New York, okay? okay. And, and North Carolina. And I did something at my stage of life that has never, ever been done. And it is going to co- connect people to the importance of waking up And taking individual actions to their lives and with one another both individually and collectively to the climate to all genders getting along with each other okay to a lot of different things um i've spoken the way that i did today because i think often we tout what we're about to do and we love the joking and all that and i love to joke and have a good time but People who don't know me through, I really appreciate you giving me this opportunity because people who don't know me will now have the opportunity to know Gail in a different way, okay? Yes. Um, most of, Most often, I don't show myself because I feel people judge people by the way they look, by the way they show themselves or whatever. It's not that I'm afraid, but people judge each other. They absolutely do. And we all, I have my own judgments, or whatever, and we also have our inner prejudices. I want to get to a point where I see the world coming together for who they are. Okay? And yes, I believe that that's going to happen. And now I'm also realistic and know that that's not happening. And there's a lot of work that we all need to do to come together. And I know we hear that a lot. My last thing that I want to say is stop taking from each other and collaborate. And when you're online and you take, you're utilizing some other's work or ideas, give them their credit. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Okay. Stop lying and, and also stop lying and telling people that they're taking your ideology when you're actually taking theirs. That's another game. Okay. If you are the head of an organization, if you are insecure about anyone on your team, go check yourself. And if you are a narcissist, go seek some help and bring your team together. If you are a narcissist and you know it, but you can't do nothing about it, go talk to a friend. Because if you find yourself, I have, it has to be my way, even silently because you're passive. You know, a passive narcissist is the worst narcissist in the world. And you know what I get sometimes too? Oh, well, if you seem to know about this, maybe you're one. No, when you've experienced it, and been at the hands of it, which I have on many occasions, you understand it. And yeah. just because you understand it doesn't mean you can get away from it at that time. You may not know how to deal with it. And I've been in that place too. What I do ask is I ask God, or whether you believe in Buddhism, or whether you are Hindi and you believe in you know Lord Ganesh, or whether you believe in universal or Judaism, whatever anybody believes in, I just ask that you realize there's a higher power. You realize that you're human. You realize that you make poor choices and not mistakes. And that when you own your humanity, you can see the humanity in another person. I'm real serious about that. So know your purpose in life, get paid very well for what you do, and then give back to the community. That's it. And if you can live that way, you make your life down to that simplistic way and honor Whatever you believe for me, I honor God, myself, my family, my friends, and my colleagues and people. But God comes first for me, and of course I'm second in my family. So that's what I've learned. I don't have any, I don't have a map. I'm not, you know, the PhD in this or the PhD in that, and all, all of that stuff, but I've learned enough in life. And you could say from the great things, not so great things, and the hard knocks to know that this truly is where we are today, and if you haven't learned anything from COVID, maybe you need to go back through the lockdown to learn some stuff.
0: Yes, I agree 100%. Thank you so much, Gail, for joining us today on this podcast, uh, our 34th uh, podcast. And um, apologies that I forgot to mention this sooner, but the sponsor for this particular podcast today is Mary Online Talk Therapy Support. Mary um, uh, is a, a very new online talk therapy service that uh, that I encourage anyone to try out. We have we offer um, a discount of thirty five percent off. For new users, and um, yes, you know what? I mean, I agree with you, Gail. That in this time that we're living in right now, um, it's really important that we do the work ourselves and not leave it up to other people to, uh, you know, to to suffer from you know a person who is going through you know any one of the mental health issues you know whether it's narcissism bipolar disorder you know ADHD or anything like that you know i mean like the person who is going through that affliction they they suffer but then it's also the people around them that have to deal with with that as well and you know and and it does have a ripple effect Right. Um, you know, like I I'm the child of a narcissist and I don't talk about it very often, but I, you know, and I don't think that that necessarily makes me a narcissist. But I think that I definitely have picked up on those kinds of behaviors. And so when I realized that, I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe I need to talk to my therapist about that, you know, about some of these kinds of behaviors that I've picked up through the years um and they kind of have reflected through me in various ways. Um, you know, and uh but but I think that it is each of our own individual uh, responsibilities to you know to address those kinds of issues for ourselves. Um and, you know, and 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 and, and not uh not not suffer and not cause others to suffer because of know anything that we feel that that's that's maybe not as popular you know um i think that when we had met on twitter spaces it might have come you know i might have said this in the conversation but i had said that you know narcissists they are very much like you know unloved kind of people in society you know um uh, and 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 it's kind of a buzzword, you know, like uh, that gets thrown out quite often. Like it used to be, if a person did something terrible, they were a psychopath or a sociopath, and that's not true. Technically, you know, I mean, th- these are there are textbook like there are textbook like definitions of what a sociopath or a psychopath is, or you know, any of that kind of stuff, right? And there is a te- textbook definition of of what a narcissist is, and they think that. A lot of times, not always,
1: and, 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 but you know, some, some mental health issues are either conditional or chemical.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yes. But either, either way, and e- I think yeah. But either way, whether no, it's no, conditional or chemical, it's up to us to take care of it for ourselves, you know?
1: Yeah, and, it is. Yeah. But sometimes we need, we, when you're in that space, we need the help, you know?
0: Exactly. Yes. And 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 there's so much help that is available, but oftentimes people don't want to engage in it. I think our country's
1: perspective, I once met somebody from Australia, and the way that they deal with mental health is not to keep people on medication, it's Mm. to empower people in certain places and spaces to understand where their mental health is. And they actually go into the brain from another point of view. This is what I think is important. Now, I don't know this, but this is just my thought process.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I've read a lot on psychology and I think that this is again my thoughts, I want to be very clear. This has not been written anywhere, but I think that since we can change the way the neurons go, neurons have a lot to do with our behavior. Yes. And so if we can shift the way that we do things and program the neurons in a different way and there may be a way to shift that inherent chemical issue. Now, I don't know if a chemical imbalance, I don't even like to say imbalance, a chemical issue in the brain can be addressed from shifting or reprogramming the neurons. I look at our whole body Our chemical processes always going on. Okay. So I don't know that that can be done or can be done. I also think that you have to be careful. You know, like a lot of people say THC. I don't like to see people do marijuana if they have mental health issues because Marijuana puts you in another area, and that depends on if you're doing the CBD version or the THC. Um, If you are doing acid or crack or cocaine or things like that, that can be used to help someone who is depressed or whatever escape more. If you are dealing with meditation, you have to be someone who is well-grounded, and I feel someone who is licensed. To be a psychologist and someone who can tell someone how far to go in, because if someone is depressed or dealing with things like that and they go too far in to meditation and they get locked in that emotional and mental space, it may be hard to bring them back out,
0: yeah, so, yeah I mean all of these things that, that you're saying you know um that you know there is that, that there is some truth to to a lot of it and um you know, I think that that the world is uh, learn, still learning so much about the benefits of meditation, benefits of microdosing in you know, for various kinds of you know, medications and things that are out there in this world now, we're still in these learning stages. And and and, and people are you know becoming more open to experimenting and learning about what's working and what's not working. I think at the end of the day, uh, we we all, you know, people they do want to feel feel better. They do want to feel well. It's just a matter of guiding people in that direction. You know? Well, I thank you so much.
1: Yes, I agree. Amy, it was a pleasure. Um, I, I took us offline a while ago But I just wanted to thank you so, so, so much for
0: you.